I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Good morning, Prakaftan. I'm happy to have you back. This morning, I'm drinking out of my Hooked on Colfax mug, which is probably my favorite, but don't worry, I am prepared to lose it at any moment. Today marks the end of book three, but I will not be taking a break as I did at the end of book two, because your support as premium subscribers at stoicism.supercast.com has now made that unnecessary. So I'm going to be jumping right into book four next week, and that'll take us well into the summer as there are 40 some odd meditations contained within it. Needless to say, there's a lot of great content still to come, so stick around and stay subscribed. And subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the follow button or, you know, whatever you do in your podcast player to follow the show. Go do that. I'd also like to take a moment to thank those of you who subscribed to the free text chain. If you want to sign up for that, you can text the word stoicism to 833-943-3564. That text chain is not really a marketing effort. Uh, for example, Last week, I sent out a preview of one of the chapters of my new book, not the paperback companion that I'm making for book three that we're now finishing this week, but an entirely different book that I haven't really talked about. So I'm kind of leaking those chapters every now and then. But another reason I'll use the text chain is to send you links to articles I think you might want to read, interviews, not my own, that you might want to view or videos you might want to watch. Now, sometimes I will probably use it to market to you, but that's not going to be most of the time. I promise I won't bug you with that kind of stuff. So if you do want to join the text chain, just text STOICISM to 833-943-3564. That number's in the show notes so that you don't forget. You don't have to remember, just as I'm saying it now, and you'll be opted in and then you'll get those texts. So do that if you like. I hope you will. Today's meditation is, in a word, a perfect summary of two of the core principles of Stoicism, and it reads as follows. Body, soul, mind, sensations, the body, desires, the soul, reasoning, the mind. To experience sensations, even grazing beasts do that. To let desires control you, even wild animals do that, and rutting humans and tyrants, from Phalaris to Nero. To make your mind your guide to what seems best, even people who deny the gods do that. Even people who betray their country, who do unmentionable things behind closed doors, do that. 
If all the rest is common coin, then what is unique to the good man or woman? To welcome with affection what is sent by fate, not to stain or disturb the spirit within him or her with a mess of false beliefs. Instead, to preserve it faithfully by calmly obeying God, saying nothing untrue, doing nothing unjust. And if others do not acknowledge it, this life lived with simplicity, humility, cheerfulness, he or she does not resent them for it and isn't deterred from following the road where it leads to the end of life, an end to be approached in purity, in serenity, in acceptance, in peaceful unity with what must be. Let's start with Marcus saying all the rest is common coin. He tells us that even beasts can experience sensations which is an accidentally insightful thing for Marcus because science didn't understand sentience in animals for quite some time after the fall of Rome. Even a beast can experience life. Even wild animals can let their desires control them, can let their urges overwhelm their capacity for reason and logic. Humans, as well, like we see with the tyrannical leaders of the past, and in some cases of the present, Even human beings can be driven by sensation and desire, and we frequently are. And not only this, because a human can also focus their minds to a task that seems alluring to them. Any human can leverage their intellect to achieve the things that they want. But is this always a good use of the mind? Rather, are the things they want always good? We can use our minds to commit crimes, to willingly make poor decisions to hurt others. Any one of us can do those things. And if being a good human takes work and effort, and if being a good human is not as common as these other things are, then there must be something extra a good human does that these other humans do not. So what is it? In part, it is the acceptance of what is happening. Not necessarily moral acceptance of what is happening, but acceptance of the reality that it is happening. If someone is doing a cruel thing, for instance, we do not as good people accept that cruel things simply must happen from time to time. That's apathy, not stoicism. Instead, we accept that it is happening, or that it has happened, and that there's nothing we can do to alter the truth of this, of the present or of the past. We accept these things to get into the correct headspace in order that we might be useful in developing remedies or solutions for the ills of the world as they may occur in the future. Perhaps mistreatment has come to a loved one. Are we mad about it? For a moment, surely, that's unavoidable. Perhaps even for many moments. But are we useful when we're mad? Not usually. It is better to accept the mistreatment as something that has happened process it, come to a calm and thoughtful state of mind, and then ask, now what can I do to shape the future differently? Part of being a good human being, in part also, is not allowing the opinions of others, when we decide to process input in this way, to sway our understanding of why this approach to processing information is important and valuable and has great utility. Others might tell us we need to be much angrier than we are that we should be rioting in the streets, that our opposition to immoral behavior to tyrants is not loud enough or not violent enough. We must have the strength of character and mind to understand and know that effective opposition is born from the mind, 
from our intellect. Force may defeat an enemy, but strategy drives that force and minimizes casualties for our side. And finally, to be good humans, we must accept that death is coming. We must not dread it, but accept and understand it. If we fear death, we will behave poorly. We will spend our lives doing things to prevent our own death, even when that means causing the death of others, as an example, or the oppression of others, or the mistreatment of others. Fear of death turns us into wild animals backed into a corner, fearful of capture, lashing out wildly and without thought, fighting what is inevitable and unavoidable. Instead, when we accept death, we become aware of the preciousness of our time, of the value of achieving a healthy mind before we no longer have the time to cultivate one, of the small window of time we have to be helpful to our fellow human beings for their sake if they survive us, for the sake of their children if they have any, and for the sake of the present world we are all living in. To be a good person, a good human being, you must accept the truth and inevitability of death, and you must effort to tame your wild mind so that it can become truly useful to you, to your loved ones, and to your community before you have no time left to become the best human being you are capable of becoming. Thanks for listening to this week's meditation. I appreciate you being here. And if you'd like to get rid of ads, please visit stoicism.supercast.com to become a premium subscriber. The next interview I have lined up is with Sharon LaBelle, author of The Art of Living, the classic manual on virtue, happiness, and effectiveness. I know you'll enjoy that conversation when it's time to listen to it, and I hope you'll look forward to it. But for now, take care. Take care.